Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. My mission is simple, to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to Kramerica. Other people who make friends is trying to make you some money. My job is not just to entertain you, but to educate and teach you. So call me at 1-800-743-CBC or tweet me at Jim Kramer. Maybe we should all just move to China, for heaven's sake. I mean, that way, at least we understand so much more about what's driving the U.S. stock market, including today, where the Dow is up 33 points, S&P advanced 0.15%, NASDAQ dipped 0.03%. See, a major Chinese real estate developer with a humongous debt load, $305 billion, might be going under. It could cause our whole entire economy, even in this country, to slow. The Chinese Air Force keeps making threatening flyovers in Taiwan's airspace. What is that? Well, it means, what does it mean for our, the supply of our most important semiconductors? They're made by Taiwan Semi. Apple's new iPhones arrive. Will they sell just as badly in China as Nike's shoes did? And last night, the Chinese government outlawed cryptocurrency, threatening to go after anyone who trades in Bitcoin or any of these other things. Now, these are all different kinds of threats. We were worried about what might happen to the global economy if the Chinese Communist Party decided not to bail out the millions of people that are owed money by Evergrande, especially its customers who bought unfinished apartments. But it looks like the government will help out the little guy in a kind of an FDIC style a program like that for those who didn't do anything wrong, even as they'll most likely punish the rich executives who drove Evergrande to the brink of disaster. This company's so big that it could damage the global economy. Can you believe that? It can actually knock down commodity prices. It has started to do so. The White House held a meeting uh, yesterday with tech titans uh, to talk about the chip shortage. And the Sato Voce undertone was how China really wants Taiwan, which could be a major problem for our semiconductor industry, including a military problem. We can accept all of these threats, all but the crypto threat. The defenders of cryptocurrency, the myriad defenders, and, and they're everywhere, endlessly told us not to worry about the Chinese crackdown. Some even went so far as to say, and I heard this with my own ears, and I thought that maybe I should get some Q-tips. Some went so far to say is, it's good for Bitcoin, which is kind of like saying, you just lost your best, best player, but it's good. Christian McCaffrey went down. Wow, the Panthers are even better. No. Wasn't crypto supposed to be free from government interference? Easy to say, hard to do. Now, I've been worried about China's authoritarian government for a while, far earlier than most people, certainly more definitely more vociferously. I don't think many Americans understand the People's Republic of China is not like a liberal democracy. It has no interest in being a liberal democracy. It's a dictatorship run by the party, the Communist Party. The government has spent 40 years being business friendly in order to attract foreign investment. 
But now China's wealthy enough that the regime can do whatever it wants. It doesn't even need foreign investment. And that's very bad news for crypto, despite what you'll hear from the true believers. The Chinese government is outlawing cryptocurrency because they want to know who has money and who doesn't. They want to know who's rich and who's poor. They're not cracking down on crypto out of nowhere. It's part of a broader crackdown on the rich as the regime goes back to its communist roots. They're not trying to regulate the kind of thing that we're doing, whether it's you know, something that might be a, the Wild West. No, they're trying to find out who's rich. The Chinese Communist Party thrives on knowing all the data about their citizens. They'll tell you that. Crypto by definition is secret. Now, the Chinese Communist Party, they don't want secret. So they're making the banks disclose everything. Rather than trying to regulate the crypto economy, which is probably impossible, they're regulating the behavior of people who might participate in it. I expect a bunch of arrests, maybe some disappearances for those who persist in trading Bitcoin. Maybe the users can keep using, but the risk-reward changes dramatically. Oh, I own a lot of Ethereum. So those of you who think I am a crypto hater, that's wrong. I just know when the fortunes have changed. I'm not a fool. I see it. It's not good. The cryptocurrencies are worth less today than they were the day before. Which brings me to the game plan for next week. On Monday, we should get word about what will happen to the part of of this ever-grand edifice that hasn't been bailed out. I think the government will make sure the big shareholders do get wiped out, and that includes management. Remember, if the executives are lucky, they will only get re-educated, all right? Remember, there have been years where they execute four or 5,000 white-collar criminals a year in China. So let's not think that these guys are necessarily going to get a couple of tutorials. But Beijing has changed a great deal in recent months, and every luxury industry that sells into China is now under assault. I fully expect to learn of the regime's new enemies when we return to work Monday morning. Every day we come in, there's a new enemy because they don't like conspicuous wealth. Next up, we spend a lot of time talking about the semiconductor industry, but we don't care enough about differentiating between various types of chips because they're all linked by the ETS. However, the basic chips for so many devices are made by Micron, which reports on Tuesday. Okay, now get this. Uh, Today, the long knives were really out for these guys. Three different firms warned of looming disappointment. I have to admit that those predictions were particularly daunting. Felt like before FedEx, remember that disaster? My view, why don't we just wait and see how Micron does? Just remember that high-end semiconductor plays have little to do with Micron, so they might be worth buying if this quarter drags down the whole industry. And what am I thinking about there? Well, of course, that's NVIDIA and AMD. Tuesday morning, we hear from Thor Industries, the RV motor homemaker. You know, we spent a lot of time on this. They've been making a ton of money since the pandemic got rolling because it's the safest way to take a vacation. While I like Thor, you know that. I also wouldn't be a buyer here because we're at the wrong stage of the business cycle. It's too discretionary. And as the Delta variant fades away, the stock market will say that people are going to travel normally again. In other words, even if Thor blows away the numbers, I think there'll be a lot of analysts who just say, well, that was the last good quarter. Wednesday gives us a great look into small and medium-sized businesses when we get results from Cintas, that's the the gigantic uniform company, and Miller Knoll, and that's the office chair maker formerly known as Herman Miller, air on on chairs. Both companies have been uneven lately, but I think they'll tell positive stories. Once they are parsed, they might provide us with a more positive backdrop. I like them both. Next up, we recently visited the brand new Bed Bath & Beyond in Midtown Manhattan. I, have to, I was blown away. Blown away by how beautiful, but also how technologically advanced this store was. Bed Bath Quarter might not be a barn burner, but I think the redesigned stores will change people's impression of this formerly fossilized institution. I like the prices. I like the merchandise. I like the management. I think the stock can go higher. Particularly if it gets hit. Remember, this what we saw is going to get rolled out. So if the stock gets hit, you're buying a stock that is not taking into account the new 
used stores. As long as there's a chip shortage, the used car market will remain strong. That means CarMax should deliver a great number on Thursday. But let's not be too particular. You, I like AutoNation. I like Lithia. I like Carvana. If you're inclined, you got my blessing to buy CarMax ahead of the quarter. I like AutoNation, too. One that's totally bothersome to me, though, in terms of buying ahead is paychecks, the stock, not the company. This payroll processor is incredibly well run and consistent, yet it never gets the respect it deserves. Why? Because it's hostage to the labor market and to short-term interest rates. The stock tends to sell off even after good results. Buying paychecks into that weakness has been a great strategy. Check the chart. You'll know I'm right. If you're convinced that the economy is slowing, you might want to buy some McCormick, the spice maker. The problem, of course, is that while it sure seems to be getting stronger, well, they might lose business as the Delta variant peaks. We don't know if it's going to or not. And people feel more comfortable going out to dinner again. I'd avoid it for the moment, even though I like it. Finally, on Friday, we tend to look back, as we did all week today, and, and, we, all week, and, and we see how COVID did. It was the second week that actually things were a little bit better. We've had a couple weeks where things seem to have calmed down, and we may be nearing a bizarre herd, and that's H-E-R-D, immunity, where everyone has either gotten vaccinated or gotten sick because Delta is so catchable. I think the infection numbers will continue to improve. The bottom line, get ready. After next week, the onslaught of earnings and the Labor Department's all-important non-farm payroll number will strike. After a crazy up and down, or some people say down and up week, we're now headed into a calm before the storm moment here. And that storm could get a lot worse depending on what happens in China, where there's no calm to be found at all. Carol in New York. Carol. Hi, Jim. Booyah to you. Booyah. This is Carol from Syracuse, New York, home of the orange and the awesome Brianna Stewart. Yes, that's right. That's right. (laughs) And uh, and a good uh, air conditioning company. So what's going on? Well, um, I wanted to ask about ISRG. Uh, A few weeks ago, um, there was something in a write-up where Mark Rubash sold uh, $1.2 million of share, uh, in shares, and Marion Couret sold $4.6 million, brought the stock down about $40,000, and I was wondering, what's going on? Is All right. uh, anything uh, wrong? Let me, let me answer this one. Um, there are people, there are people uh, sell for many different reasons, and we don't know, and that obviously is a disturbing pattern. The stock is down. I know this. Intuitive Surgical is one of the great stocks of our time. I've been recommending it literally, literally for 900 points, and I am not backing away one bit. The machines work. It's a great company. Can we go to Pervez in New Jersey, please? Pervez. Hi, Jim. Booyah. Booyah. To you. I am really so thankful to you that you, know, you, you took my call. And I am a, I'm a new investor, and uh, I, I'm a nervous investor, I should say, because I just started recently. And uh, on September 24th, I bought uh, Bank of America shares at 41.25, and then it just fell so much. But I held on to those stocks. I want to know uh, from you if uh, this is a time for me to hold the stock, or uh, should look, I sell look, it, or should I buy more stock? Okay, look, Professor, I've got to t- look, Bank of America is a very high-quality company. Interest rates are going higher, tends to do well in that environment. I think you're fine. Is it my favorite in the group? I actually uh, happen to like Wells Fargo more. But Bank of America is a very, very good bank. And if rates go up, it's the most lever to higher rates. You're fine. And thank you for confiding that you are young and working because I love that. Bob in Texas. Bob. Hello, Jim. Thanks for taking my call. 
Uh, I'm on the hunt for a, a green October to profit from the U.S.-Australia nuclear sub-tech deal. It's a loud ping I hear on my sonar, general dynamics, or something else. Um, there was a really good piece this week uh, that Goldman Sachs did about General Dynamics, and it made me really want to buy it. But it wasn't for that. It was for the business jet business. And I, and I got to tell you, I think they're doing a lot of things right. I really wanted to buy it after I, after I read the report. I say stay with it. You're going to do well. All right, look, next week, I think it remembers the call before the storm because earnings are coming up. But get ready because after that, the onslaught of earnings, the Labor Party, and non-farm payroll department are coming. This is like your last time. If you're on vacation, you know, you can probably – there was nobody in town today. It's really weird. But I guess that's COVID. On my money tonight, as pressure to compete with Amazon's pharmacy business mounts, I'm sitting down with the CEO of GoodRx to find out how it plans to keep its devoted following, including me, by answering your most pressing health questions. Dan, it's been a wild week for the averages. Does your portfolio have what it takes to keep up with the unknowns? I'll be the judge of that when we play at my diversity. And before she was the best housing analyst in the street, Ivy Zellman worked full-time as an executive assistant, taking night classes to put herself through college. I'm talking about her path and one of the great success stories of our time on Wall Street and what she sees in the housing market going forward. So stay with Kramer. Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Kramer on Twitter. Have a question? Tweet Kramer. Hashtag Mad Tweets. Send Jim an email to madmoney at cnbc.com or give us a call at 1-800-743-CNBC. Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnbc.com. Fact. Running a business is not getting easier on your wallet. With higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. Also a fact. Smart businesses are reducing costs and headaches by graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Accessed from anywhere. You can cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. See how you'll profit with NetSuite, and then you can think of all the ways you could be spending the money you save. Company retreat in Malibu, anyone? By popular demand, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com to start saving. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash madmoney. Just go to Indeed.com slash madmoney right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash madmoney. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Indeed. 
Has GoodRx stock finally found its footing? This terrific platform that helps you compare and shop for prescription drugs and also find great discounts has reported a series of excellent quarters ever since it came public. However, the stock struggled early this year as investors kept worrying about nascent competition, maybe from Amazon, maybe from Walmart. Somehow that never seemed to hurt the numbers, though. Finally, the buyers came around last month when GoodRx reported a magnificent quarter. Stock jumped 15% in a single session. It hasn't really looked back since, even as it pulled back nearly 5% today. Stock's up 33% since we last spoke to management in early July. So can it keep climbing, especially now that they just launched a new online health resource where people can find research-based answers to their questions? Let's take, let's, why don't we check with Doug Hirsch? He's the co-founder and co-CEO of GoodRx. Get a better sense of the business and where it's headed. Mr. Hirsch, welcome back to Mad Money. How you been? Good to see you, Jim. It's been a while. Oh, uh, it's been too long. Okay, so let, let's get right to it. Let's say we don't feel so. I I literally had this recently. I didn't feel well, so I go and I Google. Okay, and I get the first five things basically tell me, you know, go get a will. Okay, and I'm like thinking, no, it can't be. I just want one that is not pushing me towards something, one that I can trust. Have we now found it with GoodRx? That's exactly what our goal was, Jim. You know, I, I look, I've been around the Internet long enough from Yahoo and back when you were in the street dot com where there wasn't much information. On the internet. And then the Internet just exploded. Right. With just way too much stuff. And like you said, any search leads to a bazillion results with all sorts of, uh, you know, uh, just hard to decipher information. And with GoodRx Health, we're literally just trying to give you one simple answer that can get to the root of it with over 50 medical experts where we literally focus in on the leading research and boil it down to a concise answer and some videos as well from doctors that help you get to the bottom of what's really going on. And you can avoid all the hocus pocus stuff and writing your will uh, and really just try to get the right answer. And, you know, we're just trying to connect consumers to the best information on the Internet. And I think we're well positioned to do that. Once again, you are not secretly sending someone toward a drug that you are getting money from. No, I mean, we do have a very successful pharma manufacturer solutions business, but we label whenever we have an advertisement for pharma, we let you know, you know, we like to work with pharma to bring down the cost of those crazy expensive, you know, brand drugs like you know about. Um, but we're always going to do that with full transparency for the consumer and let them know when there's an advertiser, you know, who wants to put an ad in front of you. But our information is really ultimately driven just to make consumers, you know, understand what's going on, because, you know, it's so hard for a consumer to get to a doctor. It can take I think it's like 29 days for the average consumer to get to a doctor. We're trying to obviate that by letting you literally read an answer that can put you at rest and help you have some understanding of what's going on. with. At the same time, I always try to tell people a lot of people get prescriptions and they can't afford it and they don't fill them, even though they need the medicine because they are they get sticker shock. GoodRx has helped that situation. Yeah, exactly. I mean, look, we're all about providing concise and clear information at every step of the consumer journey. We started with prices, right? It's great to be able to know what a drug's going to cost and have a strategy so you can afford it and stay on it and adhere, like you just said. But this is also the same thing with the GoodRx health information. We want to be able to provide information to other steps of the journey, you know, outside of the pharmacy counter, outside the doctor's office as well, because it is so hard for consumers to just get to a doctor or to get to that pharmacy counter. And we just want to be there at whatever point we can be to help Americans stay healthy, because, as you know, our healthcare system needs a lot of help in this country. Oh, boy. Now, listen, to, but here's something I, I, I it came upon me not that long ago. I visited a Walmart and I said, what happens if Walmart, instead of buying GoodRx, looks at what GoodRx gets and just says, I'm going to do it a dollar lower for every single one. I know they do it for generics. Could they wipe you out if they did that? 
You know, so Walmart has had a $4, $10 list for, I think, right. long before GoodRx existed for maybe 20 years. The challenge is, is that as you are finding out, you know, insurance is so complicated and those insurance contracts are so complicated that Walmart would effectively have to run their entire business at a loss to do what you just described, right? GoodRx right. pricing is, is incredible. Walmart is a valuable partner and customer of ours. We work with every major pharmacy. We work with every major PBM and insurance company. We work with 19 of the top 20, uh, you know, pharma companies as well. We like to stand in the middle, ultimately representing the patient and being their trusted advocate to getting them the best price and the best information now for whatever it is they're seeking to do. And so we work really closely with retailers like Walmart. I'm very proud of that relationship. And our pricing, as you know, is incredibly good for both generic and now for Fantastic. brand drugs as well. Now, uh, how's the subscription business doing? I subscribe to it. I love it. It's great. I mean, we have over a million subscribers to GoodRx Gold at the Kroger RX Savings Club. Uh, we continue to add more benefits and features to gold to make it as valuable as we can, because, again, we just want to help consumers and provide more and more value when they become a subscriber. Um, we're really proud of the momentum there. It continues to be one of the fastest growing parts of our business, and we're going to continue to push more value to consumers. And remember, not, not only does GoodRx Gold provide low-cost prescriptions, but we have telemedicine services, and we even have a mail or a pharmacy so we can solve a lot of those pain points. Speaking of mail to pharmacy, something you taught me, a lot of people thought Amazon would come in and they take over the business. Turns out people like to talk to someone at the pharmacy, don't they? It's true. Actually, in both categories, both for, t- for telehealth and, of course, mail order prescriptions, people really like that in-person interaction. People love going to their retail pharmacy, just like they love going to see their doctor. And I know it kind of breaks people's brains, but even during a pandemic, a global pandemic, which is what, a year and a half now, right. uh, mail has really not grown. And consumers still do want to go to that pharmacy and engage with their local pharmacist and buy those other products they get at the pharmacy. So we're going to be there Whatever way a consumer wants to purchase those drugs, if it's mail, great. But if it's a retail pharmacy, we're going to help them, too. Okay, I want people to know how I know, Doug, okay? And I'm going to just show. I've been waiting to get the price here. I'm going to hold up. It's a plastic thing. It's for for a drug called diazepam. All right, it's my drug. And it's a off-patent. There's nothing proprietary about the thing. Off-patent and a little plastic thing. Okay, now, this cost me $500. $500. I get it from this guy's. For $70. How is that possible? How is it possible that this is 500 and then I get my coupon in 70 What did you do? <laughs> Honestly, we just tried to shine some light on the uh, just totally nonsensical world of pharmacy pricing and, and healthcare pricing in general, just like the $500 Band-Aid. I mean, the reality is, is that because of the complex nature of insurance and the government's involved with its Medicare, Medicaid, and pharmacies, contracts, you just get... There's no supply and demand action. Really, but how did pharmacy, you find right? it? How did you find it for for $430 less than I was paying? <laughs> because what did you all the do? Was it are, algorithm are... AI? How'd you do it? <laughs> we do get 200 billion price points a day, Jim, which kind of breaks the brain a little bit. But honestly, we just focus on trying to decipher this mess because there's no 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 one should pay you know right. $470 more for that prescription and so we're just really 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 going to focus on trying to make sense of an industry that traditionally just hasn't made sense and I'm so proud of the 10 years of history and the 30 billion we saved Well you should be yes am I you know am I a proud client I don't care I want you to save money and I think the stock's terrific Doug Hurst co-founder and co-CEO of GoodRx always great to see you Thank you Jim Absolutely Doug uh may everybody's back at the break Coming up, master the unknowns. Be ready for any market. Another edition of Am I Diversified is coming up next. Here's a question. Have you ever been prescribed a medication? Most likely, yes. Well, what about this question? Did you understand how it worked? 
The way your medication works in your body shouldn't be a mystery. Learn how Vivgart, Fgart Tigamod Alpha FCAB works by visiting vivgart.com slash MOA. That's V-Y-V-G-A-R-T dot com slash M-O-A. Brought to you by Argenix. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. We're wrapping up what's been a very volatile week on Wall Street. We've seen extreme moves in both directions. So with all that whiplash and so much uncertainty about where the market is headed next, it's the perfect time to reassess your portfolio. Times like this, it's crucial to have a diversified portfolio. You never want to be too heavily invested in any one particular sector like a fang or all oils. But that's why we play at My Diversified here. And this is where you call me or you, or you can tweet me. Tell me your top five holdings. I tell you if your portfolio is diversified enough or maybe you need to mix it up a little. First, we're starting with a hashtag mad tweet from Vidi. Vito Sabatino, who says at Man Money on CNBC and at Jim Cramer, Verizon, Procter and Gamble, MetLife, J and J, and Bristol Myers, and my diversified Booyah Kramer. No, um, Bristol, uh, which my Chattel Trust owns, and J and J are in the same industry. At these prices, J and J at one sixty four is a lot, a lot better than Bristol at sixty. It's just the way it is. I talked about it on my club call this week. Procter and Gamble, excellent, uh, you know, excellent company for a recession. We're not having one. MetLife, good with rates going higher, and then Verizon. Eh, you know what? I prefer T-Mobile, but obviously, if you want some income, it's fine. This is an okay portfolio if you make that change. Uh, and uh, you know what I would really add here is I think that what you really need, believe it or not, I would buy an auto. Yeah, get a little, just get a little juice. Just the economy does better. Now let's go to, um, how about Chris in Florida? Oh, my God, it's a video. I got to take, take a selfie. Let's go to Chris in Florida. Chris. Hey, Jim, this is Chris from Miami, Florida, originally in Westfield, New Jersey, and an Action Alerts member. My top five holdings are Amazon, NVIDIA, PayPal, Goldman Sachs, and DraftKings. Am I diversified? Thanks. Holy that guy's cool as so all get out, I got to tell you. And Westfield, by the way, my daughter crushed him in swimming. Okay, here we go. Uh, Golden, Golden Sachs, absolutely. You know, even here at 390, it's a terrific financial. Uh, PayPal, I'm going to call it FinTech, not financial. They, they don't compete. Jason Robbins doing a terrific job at DraftKings. Obviously, it's a Wild West situation, but he's doing, doing well. NVIDIA, well, you know, what am I going to say? When you have a dog that's named NVIDIA, you obviously like the company. Semiconductors and Amazon, the great web service, the great retailer, the great advertiser. Advertiser, Amazon Web Service, FinTech, financial, betting, and the best semiconductor. What can I say? I say... That guy leads a good life, I bet. All right, let's go. Oh, my God, another video? Oh, my God, another video. Let's go to Cordell. In Ohio. So obviously, it's my new Apple phone. Let's good go evening, to man. Cordell. This is Cordell calling out of Ohio. Thank you for having me on the show again this week. And my YouTube channel is Culture Talk Networks. 
Jim, the five stocks that I'm calling in on to see if I'm diversified is Disney, Apple, Tesla, Citigroup, and Amazon. Thank you. I love this portfolio. I love it. City, the cheapest large bank. Hope it does. I mean, you know, they need some earnings power. Apple, you know, on its own trade it. Disney, we just bought it for the Chapel Stars. We bought it back after it went below where we sold it. Amazon, it, it rock solid, as we know, and Andy Jackson doing a great job. And Tesla, I think, is just moving up and up and up because it's doing so well. So that that is a diversify. This is Auto, entertainment, technology, bank, multi-service, financial, internet. This is the portfolio that I'm looking for. And I got really good pictures with my new phone. My executive producer got a picture of me taking a picture of me, which is really like basically like a mirror, you know, where you're between two mirrors and all you do boom, boom, boom. That always fascinated me. All right, let's go to Betsy in California, please. Betsy. Hi, Jim. This is Betsy from California outside my magnificent golf course. And I have five stocks for you today, and I want to know if I'm diversified. The first one is AMAT, Applied Materials. The second one is my transportation stock, ARCBEST, A-R-C-B. The next one is Boot Barn. You and I both know this, and we both love Jim Conroy. I don't have to tell you about RH. It's up 55% year to date. The last one is Silicon Valley Bank. Thanks, Jim. Talk to you soon. We got people with real horse sense here. I love this one, too. Boot point. Yes, Conroy's great. I just put on his hat that he gave me the other day. It looks fantastic. Applied materials. Yes. Semiconductor capital equipment. Arc best. Uh, motor carrier. Not my favorite, but that's all right. That's right. Silicon Valley Bank is very, very, very good bank. And then an R.H. Gary Freeman. Every time that my wife buys something from there, I take a picture of it and send it to Gary. And he always says the same thing. He's always very, he's very complimentary, which is terrific, because I, I, I think that the company, which we've now been liking for over 600 points, is still doing incredibly well. This is great. It's tech. It's retail. It's gallery. See, notice Gary didn't say it's bank. And then it's intermodal and traffic. And I love what. Where are these people from? Where did we get these people that know more than everybody else? But you know what? Last but not least, we're going to Jay in Illinois. Jay. Oh, yeah, Jim. It's Jay from Illinois, and I want to say thank you for everything that you do and all the hard work you put in every day. Thank you, Jim. My five stocks are number one, Apple. Own it. Don't trade it. Number two, Microsoft. Number three, Abbott Labs. Number four, Lowe's. And number five, Nextera Energy. Jim, am I diversified? I, these people are, I don't, I, I, I should give up the show. These people have learned from this show and they know what they're doing. Apple, great tech stock, obviously. Abbott Labs, the Binax now. We, you know, that Binax now, you know what I mean? Uh, fantastic. That's a test for a COVID. Marvin Ellison has just done a remarkable job turning around Lowe's. It is so, so good. It's much better than it used to be. Next year, energy and then Microsoft. Uh, look, let, let's. I'm not going to say no Apple. I'm saying Apple is unto itself. It's unto itself, okay? Um, so I've got, this is an amazing portfolio. 
Wow, it really is. Now, everything but next year's own. Uh, I want to get add lows to my, my charitable trust. I, I think Marvin's doing a fantastic job. Anyway, that's another great portfolio. I cannot wait to post these pictures on Twitter. Everybody loves me on Twitter. My mentions column, have you seen it? They love me. They love me to, to death. They love me. Stick with Kramer. Coming up, Kramer sits down with an analyst who can make you feel right at home in the housing sector. Get some shelter next. In this business, the easiest way to make your life easier is to find the people with the sharpest views and listen to what they have to say. When we talk about analysts cover certain sectors, the sharpest one is called the axe. And for multiple decades, the axe in the housing stocks has been Ivy Zellman, co-founder and CEO of Zellman Associates. She called the top in the housing market in 2005, really pounded the table to get out 2006-07. She called the bottom in 2012 when Michael Lewis was writing the big short. He turned to Zellman for help with his research because, he, well, no one understands the industry better than she does. And now she's got a new book of her own. Coming out next Friday, it's called Gimme Shelter, Hard Calls Plus Soft Skills from a Wall Street Trailblazer, which she most certainly is. It is a great story. Not many people go from working as an executive assistant to founding one of the top research firms in America. But do not take it from me. Let's go directly to the source with Ivy Zellman, the CEO of Zellman Associates and the axe on the housing industry. Ms. Zellman, welcome to Mad Money. Thank you so much, Jim. It's great to be on your show. Thanks uh, for having me. I'm so glad you're here. First, I want to explain to people one of the principal reasons I want you is not just because of how great you are at housing, but in your book, you say the goal is to demystify the stock market and help people understand that when handled right, it's not gambling at a casino, but a way to create long-term wealth. How did you Correct. come about that view, and, it, and how have you decided that that's something you want to proselytize? Well, you know, I interact with so many people in my daily life, whether it be the woman who does my nails or the guy who colors my hair. And it's just so many people are not invested in the market because they're afraid of it. So when I start to talk to them about the long-term returns and, you know, the fact of the matter is that you can't make any money with your money sitting in a bank. So I think that it's just this uh, desire to help close the inequality gap by giving people more information that they could be armed so they can uh, make more money for themselves and have uh, more income. And there's another gap that you try in your book very well, which is that you like to teach. And I think in particular, the gap of women versus men. And you have been at it for a long time. And you personally have probably done more to close the gap than anyone I know. So tell us how you did it and what you tell younger women. Well, it's funny, you know, I'm really dating myself. I've been doing this for 30 years. But when I started out on Wall Street, I wasn't from the traditional background. And I was a secretary and put myself through night school. But when I got a job um, at uh, Solomon Brothers, I actually didn't even think of myself as a woman. You know, it's more about my skill set and my hard work and and determination. So I think when I think about being a woman in the industry, um, it's really more less about being a woman and really just being an outperformer. And, and hard work. Now, you did something. You've done two things. I'll talk about the housing in a second. But one of the calls you made uh, is a call people still won't make other than you. You felt that Warren Buffett was wrong about something. And you did it. You talked about it and you did it. How did it work out? Worked out pretty good. He was wrong. I was right. 
And yet the conviction, even though most people know you're not supposed to go against Warren Buffett, why didn't you just keep your mouth shut? Why, why wasn't it worth just not talking about? Well, I covered a bunch of stocks that had asbestos uh, liability risk, and I did my homework and really started talking to attorneys that were, you know, basically aggregating consumers that got really sick and recognizing that there was a legitimate case against the manufacturers of these products. And I, I, I basically believe that they were unfortunately at risk of going bankrupt. And, you know, frankly, Jim, you know me a long time. When I believe something, it's hard to get me off course. So it didn't matter who it was, frankly. And when Warren Buffett um, doubled down and bought the stock and basically everyone in the market, I was actually home on maternity leave and I was getting calls from the guys at uh, Solomon Brothers and they were like, uh, was it Solomon Brothers? No, it was Credit Suisse. And they were dying and saying, Ivy, oh my God, you're so wrong. And I just stuck to my guns and I just knew I did the research. So it didn't matter who it was, Jim. I don't really care. But sticking to your guns, there were people who made fun of you in that 2005-7 period when you said that housing could be a complete disaster. And your pieces were, na- were the, the names of your pieces scared people. And you took a lot yeah. of heat. You stuck by your guns. How right? Yes, I stuck by my guns. Actually, um, people would call me Poison Ivy. I actually, I think there was a bunch of voodoo dolls out there with my name on it. And I even was called Jihad, which I frankly didn't even know what it meant until someone said, yes, you're at war against the housing industry. All right. Well, let's talk about the housing industry, because right now, like I read your excellent piece about Lenar, and you and I agree about Stuart Miller. He's in the book and we think he's a fine man. But you're not crazy about the group right now. Uh, After being crazy at the bottom, candidly, because I know that you and I both agreed. Well, I shouldn't say that. I agreed with you and therefore went out very hard because I do talk to you. But it's you're kind of lukewarm right now. Yeah, I think that what we are concerned about is the market is too hot. And there's just a massive amount of capital that's coming into the space, which is really about, you know, alternatives just are not as attractive. So I call the residential housing market the prettiest girl at the dance. So you have a massive amount of capital, whether it be the sexiest girl at the dance or the prettiest girl at the dance right now is build for rent. And we just published a report that's a deep dive on the build for rent market. In the last 18 to 24 months, Jim, we've had 60 billion of capital announced that's Mm. coming into the space. But they're all going to the same markets. And so I think there's concentration risk on top of the land grab that the public companies and the private builders are buying so much land, both through options and owned. And land inflation is over, up over 30%, which means at some point, unless they can continue to raise prices and pass it along to the consumer, we're going to see correction in margin. So we're a little early, but we see a lot of, um, I think, what I'd call white flags, red flags, yellow flags, whatever you want to term it, that lead us to be more on the sidelines right now. Well, let me push back for a second. I mean, we uh, I have to tell you that when you have a man as smart as Doug Yearly or 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 Stuart Miller, and they're talking about the idea that there's going to be multiple years because of the fact that millennials need homes and we're underbuilt and we haven't built as many as we used to. They encourage me not to think that it's secular growth, but think that the cycle is not the way I used to think it is. Are they drinking the Kool-Aid? Because we know Kool-Aid was a word that you once mentioned. Yes, absolutely. I, I agree with you. Doug Yearly is an incredibly smart man, one of the best CEOs in our sector and a long-term friend. But I would tell you that we have just recently published a report called Cradle to Grave. That is 100% contrarian to everyone's view that the United States has a severe deficit of what we've seen estimates out there, four to six million in that range. We actually believe the industry is already overbuilding 
in single family to normalize demand. This is one of the conclusions of the report by roughly 20% for single family and about 10% in multifamily. So we couldn't be on more of an opposite side of where the market is and where the industry is, frankly. Well, I have to tell you, and I know we got to wrap things up, but I called in the industry because you told me to. I'm not going to go against you. I've lost too much money anytime I have. You're the best in the industry. The book is really great. And I didn't get to talk about how golf turned out to be a good way to be able to get into the man's game. The book is Give Me Shelter. The analyst is, is Ivy Zellman, who's a terrific writer, by the way. Oh, everybody's named Z in the book. The daughters, the dog. There's a lot of Zs in the book. Ivy Zellman, maybe we don't buy these housing stocks. She knows more than everybody. We have money's back yet to the break. Coming up, a storm is coming. So give us a call. Kramer's got the answers to all your burning questions. The lightning round is next. Tim! Booyah, Jim. Booyah. How are you? I am good. How are you? I am good, sir. My stock is CCL. They released earnings today, as you know, and analysts have said the stock should pay, uh, still pass pre-pandemic levels. And I want to know your thoughts. Whether right, I look, Carnival's good, but today or... is Frank Del Rio's birthday. Happy birthday, Norwegian Cruise Line. A better stock, and what a great guy. Robert in Maryland. Robert! Booyah, Jimmy Chill. Yo, Chief, what's happening? Man, who am I going to replace with Christian McCaffrey from my fantasy, man? What am I going to do? I don't know. It's three to five weeks, apparently, but Dave Tepper's happy as a pig. Because why? There's this worst 3-0 team I've ever seen. Let's go to work. Hey, um, Duo Lingo, it's been skyrocketing. Uh, do we still have time to jump oh in? Oh, my God, or- how funny is this? Duo Lingo's from Pittsburgh, PA. It is such a brilliant company. And you know who else is from Pittsburgh? None other than Dave Tepper. This is, I'm dedicating this lighting round to Dave Tepper, okay? Let's go to Matt. He went to the game. Let's go to Matt in California. Matt. Booyah, brother Jim. Yo, it's my friend. Pleasure. It's a pleasure to speak with you, man. All right. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on HLBZ. I- Electric scooters is, not, is a bad business, all right? I'm putting it to you. It's a bad business, all right? We're going to stay away. How about we go to Sean in New York? Sean! Hey, Jim, this is Sean Prime with Austin Lloyd. Jim, I own Blade. I also fly Blade. What do you think? Is it a buy? I am a Blade believer. Hey, you know, I bet this guy Wiesenthal, he's the guy who runs it, Rob. I think he's got brains. He's moving all over the place. It's a very inexpensive stock. I want you to hold on to that bad boy. Let's go to Simon. Call me all the way from Minnesota. Can you believe the breadth and depth of the geography here? Simon in Minnesota. Hey, Kramer. Uh, good evening, sir. Hope all is well there. Oh, I man, these are just dynamite. Thank, thank you, sir. Thank you. No problem. So the question is, sir, uh, you recommended a stock, which you said that your, your doctor recommended. It's called Doximity DOCS. It's been a winner. And uh, I continue to be a winner. I know the truck pads are good. Remember, Doximity also blocks this. Yours is unknown. When you get unknown on your phone, that's your doctor's Doximity. Block it, because otherwise, if you have the home phone number, you constantly bother them. 
Anyway, I think it's a great way to be able to get the word out about different drugs. It's the new, it's the future. No more detail people. Now there are still going to be detail people. Like my wife is a detail person for Letterly, and also for medicines. But I think the way to be able to reach people is proximity. How about we go to Anthony in New York, Anthony? Hey, Jim. Uh, uh, nice to talk to you. This is Anthony from Massapequa. I had a question for you on ATNM, uh, Actinium Pharmaceuticals. A-A-A-N-T-A-T-N-M, Antinian Pharmaceuticals, Pharmaceuticals. I don't know these fellas. I don't know. I don't know this company. Oh, and that, ladies and gentlemen, conclusion of the Lightning Round. The Lightning Round is sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, Nike, Costco, Salesforce. What's good for the goose may not be best for the gander. Kramer explains next. Wall Street always tries to shoehorn everything into the same prism. The analysts want everything standardized, and their work is often remarkably cookie-cutter. That depresses me. It's not how business really works. See, some things don't fit into a spreadsheet, which the the analysts, well, they should know that. But they don't have life experience. Yesterday, we had three companies, three real household companies, three big-name companies that made comments about their business that propelled their stocks in different directions, but not always the right directions. If you know more about how these enterprises actually work rather than the spreadsheet, you'd have a much better understanding of what's going on here. So why don't we start with an obvious one, which is Nike, okay? Now, this plunged more than 6% today. Nike's a company that's measured by the sales and gross margins of their products in different geographies. Right now, they're having a difficult time making product because of COVID. Too many plants shut down, particularly in Vietnam. Worse, Nike reported very weak numbers in the most important growth market, which is China. They're up 1%, which I found quite shocking. Gross margins were disappointing, too, at least to me. Management blamed the weakness solely, their words, solely on supply issues. Couldn't make enough. While Nike has a great deal of credibility, I simply can't believe that their business isn't suffering in a world where the Chinese Communist Party is cracking down on what we call conspicuous consumption. Of course, it is possible that Nike could have sold every shoe they manufactured in China, but, ev- uh, but every other retailer in China is suffering from a pervasive fear that the government has declared war on show-offs. And you're showing off if you're wearing a pair of Jordans. A lot of people in China are still old enough to remember the Cultural Revolution, or their parents are old enough, so they know that if you've got money, it's best to maybe keep your head down. Of course, it's not just Nike. People have been feeling the same way about the Estee Lauder stock. We had Wynn Resorts on last night. That's been the same thing. Those stocks have been crushed for this. How could Nike be any different? And that's why the stock is down so hard. Not the supply chain issues, but the slowdown, one of the biggest markets. It had been supply chain. I think it would have stopped right there where it was the night before. Second example, Costco. You've probably been there. Costco's having the opposite experience, up more than 3%. Uh, they, look at this. We'll get this one here. Although the analysts still seem to be in the dark about how this company works. Costco runs its business for revenue growth, okay? Not for gross margins, but revenue growth. It's trying to drive traffic and generate new signups for its membership program. Company succeeding. They have 111 million cardholders. That means Costco will lose money on some items, which they may make back on membership fees and on traffic. Years ago, when Jim Sinegal was CEO, I told him I'd seen Zania shirts at Costco that were selling for less than what other stores paid for Zania shirts wholesale. I asked how could he possibly be making any money at all on that merchandise? He laughed and said something akin to, of, of course we don't make any money on that. 
what those Zania shirts did was entice people and keep them members or have guys like me talk about it and say, you got to get the Costco. At the end of the day, this is basically a subscription business, and that's how you have to view it. Finally, there's Salesforce.com. For ages, people told me that Salesforce was buying up companies who have MuleSoft, Tableau, now Slack, big one, so that it could keep expanding, keep growing. They always said these acquisitions mass a lack of organic growth. For ages, I told people that CEO Mark Benham was putting together a suite of unbeatable cloud products, but he needed all the collaborative and analytical products he could get on his hand on to make it work. Yesterday, as analyst meeting, Benioff revealed that Salesforce now has incredible organic revenue growth and rising gross margins. That means these acquisitions turned out to be very additive to earnings. These were smart moves, new customers, no financial alchemy. Uh, by the way, can we just understand that uh, you could have known that had you just been watching the burgeoning free cash flow numbers? But somehow a lot of experts missed it because they only cared about revenues and margins. And now the analysts are falling all over themselves to recommend Salesforce because Mark finally gave them exactly what they wanted. They just don't realize he's been doing that the entire time. You know what these are? These are three tales of business. They're three tales of America. I'd like to say there's always a bull market somewhere. I promise to try to find it just for you right here on Mad Money. I'm Jim Graver. See you Monday. The news with Shepard Smith starts now. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx.